Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Perkins Platform. This is the Solutions-Oriented Podcast and Live Radio Show. Each broadcast, we dedicate just about 30 minutes to explore topics of interest for leaders and professionals in education and a variety of other disciplines, and this is your host, Brian Perkins. So good afternoon, good morning to some that are listening from across the globe. Uh, I'm delighted to be here this afternoon. Uh, uh, As usual, I have a very interesting guest with me today, someone who is a time management coach. I know a lot of you out there who uh, may have seen my post about uh, today's show. I'm excited because a lot of us in leadership roles, what we find is that uh, time is our biggest challenge. Uh, and and so what the, today's guest um, is an author, uh, also describes herself as a wife and a mom who helps busy professionals and business owners master their time and time, uh, time management. And so I'm pleased to introduce you, uh, Anna Dearman Cornick. Welcome, Anna. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, so glad to have you, and because your your expertise is so needed, and a lot of times people um, who are out there that we have a number of people who listen that are executive coaches, and and I've heard from a number of people that also talk uh, to to helping leaders uh, mention that time is a real big factor in what people need. Um, assistance with. So I'm glad that you decided to come on. And we're going to talk a little bit in just a few minutes uh, about the book that you you wrote came out this past summer, correct? Yes, it hit shelves in June, June 20th, actually, which is World Productivity Day. Complete coincidence, but the best serendipity (laughs) ever. Oh, yes, yes, that is quite the coincidence. So um, I, I want to start by just asking you, um, to you know, tell me a little bit about yourself, but I'd love to know um, how you realized that this was kind of a, uh, a, a secret power uh, that you had to really understand, one, the importance of time management, but to really master it. Tell me a little bit about how you got here. Sure. Well, first of all, I have to make sure that I am 100% clear on the fact that I was not born a magical time management unicorn. I struggled with time management for the longest time. We're talking tardies for being late to class in high school. Uh, There was a time when I was working as a full-time crisis communications professional. Spoiler alert, I'll tell you about, about that lifetime in just a moment. But I was late 17 times in a single quarter, which resulted in me getting written up by my supervisor. And so I am the last person that probably several people from my career history would expect to become a time management expert and write a book about time management. But that's the beauty of it. I hope that you hear from that, that if you struggle with time management, there is hope. If I can do it, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. That's great. And so it's, it's so it's funny to hear you say that. So I imagine people who knew you back then are like, who's the time management coach, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
I think some people might be a little bit surprised. But interestingly enough, my very first job right out of college had me managing someone else's time 12 hours a day, it felt like. My very first job out of college, I was a scheduler to a United States congressman, a brand new congressman at that. And so there, there I was on Capitol Hill trying to navigate time management and professional skills as you know, a brand new member of the, the team, while also having the responsibility of managing one of the most hectic schedules in the country. I think we can yeah. agree. Our yeah. members of Congress, our elected officials, they have quite a lot going on. Everyone yeah. wants them to be everywhere at once. Yeah. And so I really, you could say, cut my teeth, experienced that and by fire in that role as a congressional staffer, because I had to manage every minute of my boss's time from the moment he woke up until he ended his day. And yeah. of course, you learn a lot in that process about creating order out of chaos, because yeah. you can craft the most meticulous minute by minute itinerary for a week and then the vote bells ring and everything is thrown off course or you get a request from the white house and everything has to be rescheduled and so Mm -hmm. you learn a lot about thinking on your feet and being very nimble about the way that you you think about time and Mm -hmm. you know i I, i'm from louisiana i live now right outside of new orleans and if there's one thing that I hope that you know about Louisiana. It's that our food, our culture, it really is inimitable. And living in D.C., working for a Louisiana congressman, you know, it felt like the second best thing to living in Louisiana, but I really started to miss home. I missed my family. I really started to recognize what my values were as Mm -hmm. now a young professional, a young adult. And so I moved back home. And when I moved back home, I kicked off a 10-year career in crisis communications and government affairs. Oh, wow. This is where things really got wild. Uh, Mm -hmm. Literally every single day was a disaster, (laughs) a full-on disaster to the the tune of hurricanes and oil spills and droughts and floods and, gosh, nonprofit embezzlement schemes, vandalism, um, universities that were on the brink of financial collapse. That was a part of my day in and day out life. And I was great at it. Again, creating order out of chaos. But as you can imagine, being there for anyone when they're in their darkest moments, their business is on the line, their reputation is on the line. It can really begin to take a toll on you as a person and your boundaries and your health and your relationships. And one day I looked up and I, I knew that something had to change because I had gotten completely, I had lost myself. I was missing out on important life events. My, I was working all hours of the day and night. And so I walked away from what so many people looked at as this prestigious career in search of something else in Mm -hmm. order to, to leave that place of burnout that I had found myself in. And so I walked away and made it my mission to figure out what that better life looks like in Mm -hmm. hopes of being able to help other people avoid it one day. 
And so diving into every time management, productivity, vision casting, goal setting book I could get my hands on, discovering coaching, diving into my personality, articulating my personal core values. Mm -hmm. And now I I am a time management coach. I recognize that this time management mismanagement was an epidemic among professionals because we just aren't taught how to effectively manage our time. And, right. and you know, right. even if we had been taught these time management skills early on, say, high school or in college, life has changed so much in the last 10, 15 years in terms of technology that chances are, even if we had been taught the basics, they wouldn't apply to the fast-paced nature of life as it is today. Sure, sure. Well, you know, what you just said is an excellent segue into what I, I, I do want to talk about, um, some of the specific strategies um, around time management. But I, I want to uh, make this particular statement and get your reaction, is that, you know, we, we have the same number of hours that uh, anyone else around the globe has. We have 24 hours. Yet, there's some people that seem to accomplish more. Now, sometimes I get people who say to me, do you sleep? And, you know, I have people in my family, do you ever sleep? And they're like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I, get I, actually, I actually sometimes feel like I sleep too much. But um, they'll ask me, well, how is it that you do all these different things? For me, what I use as just a strategy uh, where it seems like I'm doing a lot of things is that I leverage something that I've done at least two more times. So I have what I call my rule of three, is that if I invest my time and effort writing an article, as an example, I I have two, at least two other uses that I have planned for that before I'm moving on to the next project. So it's just my own personal way. Um, But I know that there are a lot of people, and you even mentioned this in, in your work, about that you try to help people uh, stop from feeling overwhelmed by the pressures and, uh, and, and the requirements that they have and spend most of their time on what matters. So how do you go about doing that um, for someone um, first, the first part, which is uh, the feeling of being overwhelmed? Yeah, that's such a great question. And when you break that down, you know, I – I work with professionals and business owners so they can stop feeling overwhelmed. So that's one part and start spending time on what matters most. So typically that first thing that, that you have to do that first step is triaging all of the different moving parts in your life. You know, we tend to feel overwhelmed, not based on the number of hours that we spend working, but instead we feel overwhelmed because of the number of different projects that we're working on. And when I say project, that could be anything from managing something in your personal life to navigating different initiatives at work, managing a a number of members of your team, anything that requires a certain mode of thought, a certain type of thinking, a certain set of goals, it's in that variety or too much variety that we feel overwhelmed because we begin to spread ourselves too thin. And when we are putting a minimal amount of effort into a, 
large number of projects, we only see a minimal amount of progress, which causes us to feel like we're spinning our wheels. We're not going anywhere. We're not seeing the impact of all of this work that we're doing because we're making such small moves in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing that we do is we, we get a handle of, okay, what all is moving in your life right now? And yeah. so often we don't have a bird's eye view, a list, something to look at that captures all of these different moving projects in our yeah. lives. And so that's, like I said, that's one of the very first things that I do, because then for the first time, these executives, these business owners are seeing, oh, wow, I am spreading my attention so incredibly thin. It's Mm -hmm. no wonder that I'm not making progress where it counts. And so having that inventory, it enables us to start, okay, what, what can we rank? What can we what really is most important here based on your vision for the future, based on your values or your company's values, depending on the context and the goals that you have for this, for this year, for this season, because Mm -hmm. so often we start by creating a vision and defining our values. We set those priorities and goals and then we get distracted by shiny things. (laughs) by, oh, this seems like an interesting project, or I've been asked to do this, to lead this committee, so I, of course, I'm going to say yes. And then the next thing we know, we're in over our head. Right, right. Well, you, and that makes a lot of sense to me. I know in the first section of your book, so what you you actually say um, is to put away your planner, close your calendar, don't, don't, Take in, don't uh, uh, use your to-do list strategy. Right. But I hear you saying first inventory what all you are doing, um, so that you know what the projects, what what the the universe of things are that are on your plate. Is that what I hear you saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that helps to yeah. beat back that overwhelm, so mm-hmm. you can then step into the real first step, which is getting clear about your vision. Because stepping into the vision work, it's nearly impossible to approach crafting a vision for the future when you're completely overwhelmed with everything on your plate. But you're right. I am am very, um, maybe it sounds a bit bold, but I believe that time management, good time management does not start on the pages of your planner. It does not start mm-hmm. with your calendar. It mm-hmm. starts by getting to the heart of what matters most to you, and that's your vision. That's your vision yeah. for the future. And and you are probably the third person in a year that um, I've come across your work, and you encourage people to, in, to also inventory their values, like what's important mm-hmm. to you. Sit down and articulate what's important. And I, the exercise you have in your book is very familiar to me um, by just thinking about what, what values there are out there and prioritizing them uh, to some extent. Uh, I heard you also mis- uh, mention at the very beginning about vision boarding. How useful, because I know <laughs> there are a number of people that use that as a strategy. How useful have you found that, uh, uh, creating a vision board? 
You know, Brian, I used to be so anti-vision board. I thought that they were a silly, fluffy waste of time. And I always skipped the vision board or the vision work activity that was typically in the pages in the front of every single day planner I ever purchased. And then I wondered why life would completely go off the rails a few months later. Okay. So one year I challenged myself to follow through with this whole vision board thing. I sat down, I set my goals for the year. I found images that represented those goals, created my vision board and my life absolutely changed. Really? In that year, my, my husband and I, we bought our first home. We moved to the part of Louisiana that we hoped to put down roots. We got pregnant with our first child. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. um, I, I started my business that year and began serving clients. And all of those things, including building relationships with friends and taking a trip to the beach, all of those things were represented on my vision board, and they all happened. Happened. Wow. Now, they didn't just magically happen, but having my goals represented in this vision board, posted on the wall in my closet where I saw it every single day and as the background on my laptop, meant that mm-hmm. I was constantly reminded, confronted even, with the plans yeah, that I yeah. made. Absolutely. And so any time I was, I was faced with a decision, having that vision board, having that vision, and knowing my values, all of those things work together to make every single decision you will make in your life easier. Because mm-hmm. every decision, from what you order at lunch to where you're heading on vacation to whether you will pursue that PhD program, all of it, either gets you closer to the vision that you have and it aligns with your values or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, that's a, that's a pretty strong endorsement <laughs> with all the things. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But what's important is that you, I, I, I heard you say uh, it didn't magically happen, but there's some power in that accountability. This is what I said I wanted. What am I doing to accomplish it? I think that that's really powerful. So um, I'd like to take just like this uh, pivot a little bit, and um, I want to jump to your book. So the title of the book is Time Management Essentials, the tools you need to maximize your energy, attention, and productivity. So I, so I think we, we, we talked about, so we talked about time management kind of generally, but you specifically are, are saying that you, you know some things that can help you manage your energy, attention, and productivity. So let's start with the first one, energy. Give, give, me a, give me a snippet of what do you mean by maximize your energy? Are we talking about eating right here? What are we talking about exactly? <laughs> sure. There are a few different ways to think about the idea of managing our energy. And in the book, I talk about two different, two different perspectives. One is in the natural energy ebbs and flows of our day. All of us have an internal clock, our circadian rhythm that enables us to wake up in the morning feeling somewhat energized or super energized, depending on just, just depending on you as a person. 
We all have unique energy ebbs and flows. Some points of the day, we feel incredibly energized. Some points of the day, we feel drained. We feel at our lowest, like we can barely hold our eyes open. And so in the book, I talk about how understanding your biological chronotype, as in your unique biological rhythm, can help you maximize your productivity. Because think about it. If you're able to zero in on the time of day during which you have the most natural energy, and then you pair that natural energy peak with your most important work, the work that you love doing, then you're Mm -hmm. able to be more precise. You're able to work faster. You're able to bring your best self to your most important work. And so, like I said, that first perspective is your natural energy levels. And then the next is understanding the type of work, the type of interactions that give you energy versus those that drain you. Now, right now, what we're doing right now, this this is an interaction. This is an activity that gives me energy. I am excited to be here. I'm going to walk away from this conversation feeling amazing. But earlier today, when I was diving into the nitty-gritty of invoicing and activity Mm. reports, I felt completely drained and bogged (laughs) down. You know, we all have those... Right. You know, we all have those examples and I'm sure we can think of, oh yeah, I hate, you know, doing my taxes or I hate bookkeeping. And some people might be thinking, oh, I hate talking to people. You know, we're all so different. And when you identify and know what activities in throughout your day give you energy versus those that drain your energy, you can be strategic about when you time those activities during your day and your week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks. So next you talk about attention. Now, what I know is that for a lot of leaders that I deal with, uh, you know, they, they might have intentions to do uh, three or four different tasks that, that they are must-dos today. They show up, and there are already people waiting to derail that, <laughs> and that not not because it's malicious, but it's because there's something else has happened, and I know you wanted to do X, but here's why that is uh, a pressing uh, priority. So how can people – I know it's not uh, – it is what you've said is maximize their attention, but how can they do that if most of what they do – has unpredictable um, days and weeks. Oh, I hear you. I worked in crisis communications for 10 years. I know a thing or two about having to get work done amid constant interruptions and being pulled in lots of different directions. And it's something that we all face, especially those of us who are in middle management style roles where we are overseeing a group of direct reports, but we also answer to people who are higher up and we are having to fulfill our own project work. Mm -hmm. Somehow we're supposed to do all of the communicating, be responsive, and still get the heads down work done. 
This Mm -hmm. is why our attention and our ability to focus has really become the most important asset and quality that we can have as professionals. And it, it takes a lot to cultivate that ability to focus. Having an environment, digital environment, one that is as free of distraction as possible, as well as a physical environment that cuts back on the physical clutter that can be distracting, that's that's one place to start. Another is having a process for dealing with yourself when you are the distraction. How often mm-hmm. have you sat down to write an article or get work done and suddenly you remember that you need to buy an anniversary card for mm-hmm. your spouse next week or you need to order more toilet paper, whatever it is. Sometimes we're the distraction. So we have to have a process in place for managing ourselves with those distractions. But when it comes to being responsive, you know, this is where the big bad B word that a lot of people are afraid of, boundaries, boundaries, comes into play. Because we want to be seen as good leaders, as good bosses, as good managers. And we assume that that means that we are available all the time to be there for our team, to respond, to to be reactive, but that's exactly yeah. what it leaves us. It leaves us living in constant react, reactive mode. A few things that I've recommended to my coaching clients in the past who have been struggling with the, the, the feeling to be constantly responsive is to set up intentional one-on-ones with their team members, which then cuts back on the number of surprises that pop up during the week because a lot of oh. times emergencies aren't emergencies at all. They just happened to, you know, pop into that individual's head and they think they have to talk about it right then. Mm -hmm. But when you have one-on-ones scheduled at regular recurring cadences, you're able to catch a lot of those issues before they become emergencies. Additionally, having one weekly team meeting in order to talk through challenges contains a lot of those emergencies to a specific time of week. Now, it's impossible to catch every emergency, so you do have to be reactive. And that's why having buffer time in your schedule is so crucial. You know, I actually have a quiz um, that I've created because along the way I've identified four unique time management personality types, and one of those types I like to call the architect. Because the architect will create this meticulous minute-by-minute schedule for their week, but if one thing goes off course, the entire week goes off and goes up in smoke. Deadlines yep. are missed. Balls are dropped. And it's because they're not allowing for buffer time. Yeah. And so one thing that I recommend is keeping one day of your week as meeting-free as possible. Maybe it's a no-meeting Wednesday or a no-meeting Monday. Maybe every Friday you close your calendar and use that for all of the overflow from the week in order to have that consistent opportunity to catch up because inevitably something will come up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, thanks. That's very, very helpful. And then lastly, Uh, you talk about productivity. And that one I thought about as I read that, um, that there were were strategies about productivity because 
then it made me think about so what what how do I define productivity and I'm, and I I think it's pretty easy for me in the organization sometimes to do that but individually kind of weekly thinking about as a leader, did I maximize my productivity this week? What could I have done differently? Um, can you say a little bit about that? Yeah, and that's so great. You know, I think it's important that we take time as individuals to define our own definition of productivity. For me, does a productive week mean that I am ending Friday feeling accomplished, that I'm not feeling hurried or stressed heading into the weekend? Does being productive mean that I have written X number of words or recorded X number of podcast episodes? You know, it's really up for us to define that. But looking back on the week and asking yourself, was this week productive, really starts at the beginning of the week. And that's by setting the course for the week ahead. One thing that I love to do is, and I talk about this in the book as a prioritization strategy, is to start your week by deciding what are the top three things that I must do this week in order to stay on track with my goals for the month or for the Mm -hmm. quarter. And so that really requires you to stop for a moment Consider your vision, consider your goals and what you're working toward, and to identify those top three things. Now, sure, you're going to do more than just three things during the course of the week, but when you articulate those three most important and then schedule time for them in your calendar, you're going to, you're you're making space for, and you're committing to following through on those items that are going to move you closer to your goal. And so starting the week by identifying your top three, it's a challenge because yeah. a lot of times on Monday morning, we just want to jump in. We want to get to work. Right. Just like me, yeah. I didn't want to waste time doing the vision board. I just wanted to plan my year. It's yeah. the same thing. When you take the time to think through what are the three things that I must do this week, when, you, when Friday evening rolls around and you look back and you ask yourself, was I productive this week? Well, did I do the three things that I said that I was going to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thank you. Well, listen, I so appreciate it. And as I said, I knew that this was gonna, going to uh, go really quickly and we're already out of time. For those of you who may have joined um, a little late at the beginning, I introduced today's guest, Anna Dearman Cornick, who is a time management coach based in Louisiana and um, has a book came out this summer, um, Time Management Essentials, the tools you need to maximize your energy, attention, and productivity. It's a step-by-step roadmap um, for for um, living an intentional and purpose-driven life, uh, as she uh, has has so uh, well articulated uh, today. And so since we're out of time, I do want to give you an opportunity, though, to tell people, I know you have a a podcast as well, um, so I thank you for coming on here. Um, Please share um, about your podcast and tell us where any social media handles, email addresses, websites, where people um, can find you and and, uh, reach out to you should they need some assistance. 
Thank you. Well, first and foremost, I would love to invite you to tune into my podcast, It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance with new episodes that air every Monday wherever you listen to podcasts. On the show, I'll, you'll hear everything from time management strategies to interviews with professionals to find out how exactly they're managing their time. Um, if you spend time on social media, you can find me over on Instagram. Anna D. Cornick is my handle. I would love to connect there as well as on LinkedIn. And then finally, uh, if you want to take a deeper dive into the time management strategies we talked about today, I would love for you to check out my book, Time Management Essentials. If you head over to timemanagementessentials.com, you can pick up a copy of the book as well as around $500 in bonuses that will help you implement exactly what you learn in the book. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you again. Uh, I know you're in the New Orleans area, so um, I'll be looking for you around town. And um, uh, if if we can work something out, love to have you come over. We have our master's degree program that we offer in New Orleans. And so uh, get you to come over and give our aspiring leaders some tips about what they can do. So I'll be in touch with you about that. Um, but until then, go well, stay well. Thank you so much.